everyone, and welcome back to Happy Monkey. My name is Janina Mapola, and I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday. It's actually a uh, it's a Wednesday for me when I'm filming this, so I'm just pretending it's a Tuesday. Honestly, I wish it was a Friday <laughs> because I'm actually going snowboarding this weekend. This is going to be my last and final hoorah of a uh, snow trip because summer's about to come, you know. And it kind of feels weird even thinking about going snowboarding in March. But you know what? I'm freaking here for it. I don't know when this podcast is going to go out. But either way, y'all will probably see the pictures on my Instagram if you're following that. So, yeah, things have been really good. It is um, now March, and I just celebrated my birthday. I am 28 years old now, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm terrified. How did I get here? But my birthday was so great. Um, I really want to do also a podcast, maybe a solo episode on, like, some thoughts from being 27 to now being 28, you know, things I've learned in the last year and also dreams and hopes that I have going forward. So let me know if you guys want that. But I think that's something I definitely want to do is just like a little life update and yeah, that type of thing. So anyway, yeah, we just had my birthday and we're going to be celebrating my roommate's birthday tonight, actually. So last year we combined our birthdays and this year it got a little funky. So we're going to be doing them separate, but you know, that's all good. For today's episode, y'all, I'm really, really excited for today's guest. Some of y'all already might know who this guest is. His name is Jonathan Pakluda. He also goes by JP. He is a the lead senior pastor at Harris Creek Church in Waco, Texas. He used to be the pastor of the porch in Dallas, and he grew the uh, the porch to be this like massive thing to what it is today. He really like kicked that off. I remember when I was younger. I was in like high school there. I remember always hearing about JP and I was like, who is this pastor? My sister, my older sister would go to the porch back in the day. And I always like kind of was curious what that was. And then I started going and I was still going there when JP was the pastor. But now he's the pastor at Harris Creek. I believe he is the senior pastor. Let me double check that before I spread a rumor. Okay, I was right. He's the lead pastor, but not the senior pastor. I guess it might be the same word. Anyway, so I'm bringing him on today, and I'm really excited to chat with him because he is someone that when I think about who is making a difference in this age group of, you know, 20s to 30s, he is someone that I think is just so, you know, staple for this generation. I look up to him. I've gotten so much advice from him. He has changed my life in so many ways, and I really believe he's going to do the same thing for y'all. So for today's episode, I'm actually bringing him on and I want him to kind of go through trendy phrases that we hear on social media and in this generation, just in culture, society, all the things that like people just commonly say that sound nice and fluffy, but you're like, is that really true or biblical or maybe the best advice? Because he's someone that always is debunking this and being like, follow the word, not your heart. You know, feelings are real, not always reliable. Like he has all these trendy phrases that are actually biblical. And so I have about like nine different phrases I kind of want to go through with him. And I think he's going to be amazing at kind of debunking these and just giving his thoughts and advice and biblical advice on all these things. So I think it'll be just kind of a fun episode. And he's just someone that is really just amazing to listen to. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I think it's going to be good. Share this episode if you guys enjoy it. We love to repost these on the Happy and Healthy podcast. So definitely share it with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode, and I'll have all JP's information down below as well as mine. And again, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. It means a lot to me. So let's go ahead and bring on JP, a.k.a. Jonathan Bocluda. JP, welcome back to Happy and Healthy. How are you doing? We're... Let's go. It's my... It's my... 
OG friends. We go way back. <laughs> we Cali do. Days. No, I feel like even I f- further than that. No. Uh, happy and healthy. We're doing it. We are. We are happy and healthy. I feel like I've actually known you longer than California days. I, I watched you lead and start the porch way, way, way back in the day. And I was like, who is this guy? I just remember seeing you randomly one night and my sister was like, I need to talk to the pastor. And I think probably because she was going through some drama and you just seemed so scary at the time. (laughs) Drama is my specialty, not scary, extremely approachable. Uh, And uh, here's, here's the funny thing is everybody would come up or I say everybody, young women would come up all the time and I would always ask the same question. I'd say, Hey, how did you get here? And they'd say, Oh, uh, I heard about it from Janine Amapola. <laughs> and, and I like talk to somebody else. Like, how'd you get here? And they'd be like, Oh, I heard about it from Janine. Amapola. I was like, who is this girl? She must be some crazy evangelist just inviting no. everybody to church. And then I, and then I realized like, Oh, okay. You two, I see what's happening here. And so it, it was just because are. at the time I was going to the porch and I was like, man, I need some guidance. And the more that I kept going, the more that I found, like, life out of it, the more I was like, y'all have got to go. And so that's why I'm a fan. And that was when you were leading there, so thank you. But, yeah, I am uh, I'm really excited for today's episode. You know, you are the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church now in Waco. You made the jump. You left us in Dallas. That one really hurt, um, but it's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> and you started basically the porch, and you it grew to be the largest weekly young adult gathering of its kind in the country, which is really sick. And you've also written three books, which I have right here. I'm looking at all three of them. You wrote uh, Welcome to the Future Church, Welcome to Adulting and Outdated, and Welcome to Adulting was probably my favorite because that was at at the time, again, something that I needed. And I feel like the reason why I want to bring you on is like, you just have this heart for young adults. It's super evident in everything that you do, your Instagram, your Friday Q and A's, your own Becoming Something podcast. Um, You have a heart for young adults, which is why I wanted to bring you on here. But, you know, apart from me introducing you, I want to hear from your take, kind of who you are. Again, I know I've introduced you before, but um, I'd love to hear again from your end, kind of who you are, what you do, and why are you passionate about young adults? Apart from what I'm saying about you, I know I just introduced you, I've introduced you before. I kind of want to hear again your story, um, who you are, and then why are you so passionate about young adults? Yeah, well, thank you for the kind words. And and doing podcasts is one thing. getting to do podcasts with a friend is something so that I really fun. look forward to. So it's just good to be back with you and catch up for a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I became a Christian as a young adult. And so I, I was raised in the church, went to church school for nine years, Catholic church, Lutheran church, Baptist church, church camp, church youth group, all the things. But it wasn't until I was at a club 20 years ago that uh, someone invited me to church. I sat in the back row, was hung over, smell like smoke from the night before and like a picture of my life at this moment. I'm a, I'm a sex addict. Uh, I'm, I'm a porn addict. Um, occasionally use drugs. I love to party and, um, love the, love the Dallas nightlight scene. I want to be a millionaire before I'm 30. I live in a penthouse condo. I drive a Jaguar S type and, and I would have told you I was a Christian and Jesus, I went to this church, I sat in the back row hungover, and Jesus just tore open my heart. Mm. 
And I realized like that guy on the cross, like he did that for me. That was a payment for my sins. And when I trusted in that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to die one day and there's, there's heaven and a hell. Like I'm going to go to one of these places. Like I got to figure out what I really believe. And so I started studying world religions. And so I became a Christian as a young adult. So at, at 21, 22 years old, I realized Jesus died for my sins, that God raised him from the dead. And I thought, well, what else am I going to live for? And so five years later, I went into to ministry. I would say the Lord called me to vocational ministry. And now I get to, to, to meet with pastors all the time. And I tell them, I'm like, if you're not reaching the future of your church, your church has no future. Mm. And that's not a pathetic statement. That's just a math problem. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you ha we have to invest in the next generation. And so I, when I look at, uh, you know, millennials and now Gen Z, I'm, I'm seeing the future of the church. And I'm like, what else am I going to give my life to? Right. But investing in these people. So wow. those, are, those are some. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You know, I mean, I have a pretty similar story as well. I mean, I would, I was living deep, deep, deep in my sin, rolling up to the porch and just was, you know, punched with conviction every single week and was like, what am I going to do about this? And so, you know, that's also why I feel like I'm pretty passionate about young adults and younger girls, my, you know, that are going through the same stuff. Cause I'm like, man, like I do not want you going through what I went through. And so it seems like you know, to the world, people might have looked at you and been like, man, JP has it all together. Like he has the job and the women and the car and all the things. But deep down inside, I'm sure you were just like, oh, my gosh, this, th there's there's got to be more to life. And it's really yeah. cool just to see, yeah. you know, where the Lord's taken you and like how passionate you are, because you know, your Friday Q&As are something I like genuinely like chuckle at and I like read them and I'm like, okay, he did not even address the question, but it was funny. <laughs> You're pretty cynical. Sometimes it's, small, sometimes it's small answers to big questions and I yeah. get that because it's a small place to write. So yeah. that's like, give me a break. Uh, but yeah, I think that even, even us getting to do this and the Lord using your story, he takes our mess and he makes it our message mm -hmm. and often our ministry. And so whoever's listening to this, like you feel like you're stuck in sin, like there's always hope. But at some point you want to turn that around. You want to say, OK, God, I want you to take this mess that I've made and I want you to use it now as my message moving forward. And he will. And, and you're evidence of that. Mm. I'm so proud of you, by the way. Oh, thank Crushing you. Wow. Pod. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, the Lord's totally changed my life as well. And so that's kind of like why I'm so passionate about this podcast and yeah, so kind of just to jump into what I wanted to talk about. So obviously, you grew up in the church. You're now a pastor. You've, you know, guided so many millennials, Gen Z, young adults through their faith. You know, you're on social media. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about, like, what are the things that you as a pastor, you're seeing these things, and I feel like you're someone that is so bold about your faith and your and, and just truth in general. You don't sugarcoat it, which is why I really appreciate who you are. Everyone kind of sugarcoats things to kind of make you feel better or just to kind of put a Band-Aid on it. And I love that you're just kind of like, no, like this, this is what the truth is. And so I have like a list of things that I kind of compose with just my own like thoughts of like, okay, this is what I've seen, you know, people on TikTok say or Instagram or podcasts or you know, me being in the influencer world as well, seeing what other bloggers are saying. And they kind of make me question some things where I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's true. Some of them I for sure know it's not true. But I wanted to bring you kind of being like more of an expert and older and wiser to kind of go into these popular phrases that everyone says that sounds good 
and it's probably not actually good for you. And so there's about nine of these, and do you feel ready to rumble for that? <laughs> Let's go. So that's fun. Well, thank you for, for, again, just all the compliments. And it's a privilege to get to do this. Sometimes it's a terrible privilege, uh, but it's always a privilege. And what else? I mean, it's, we got to stand on truth. I mean, that may be one of the things that you're – about to talk about it. I see so much right now of people just trying to find their truth. And I'm saying that in air quotes, if you're listening to it. And, uh, and the, the reality is there's God's truth and we don't want to have a truth that's different from God's truth. And my dad would always say the truth is always good enough. And Jesus, my savior would say the truth will set you free. And so man, always speak the truth. Amen. Okay. Number one is people saying I'll just manifest it. I manifested this. Today's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know that life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Some of the symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detached, fatigue, and more. And I know that I've definitely experienced some burnout in my life before, just when I was working way too hard and I wasn't giving myself rest or Sabbath or anything like that. Next thing I knew, I was feeling really sad and my body was breaking down on me. We can associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in our life can lead us to feel burned out and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. So just so y'all know, BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera even if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist under 48 hours so fast. So just so y'all know, Happy and Healthy podcast listeners can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash healthy. That's betterhelp.com slash healthy. Enjoy y'all. Sure, you can. <laughs> That's what I would say, because Satan has powers and it's satanic. And uh, there's only two forces in the world. There's there's God and there's Satan. There are no other forces. And uh, God doesn't operate in the realm of crystals. He doesn't operate in the realm of manifestation. Do you know that Pharaoh's sorcerers, they threw their sticks on the ground and they became snakes. Uh, I believe that actually happened. And I don't think it was like trickery, if you will. And so the enemy can allow us to do things in, you know, I've, I've been to Haiti six times. They say that Haiti is 80% Catholic, 20% Protestant, a hundred percent voodoo. Mm. And so what they do is like voodoo infiltrates all of their faith. They said, we believe in God. We just think he's slow. And so if our kid is sick and God won't heal our kid, fast then we go to the voodoo temple and what they're what they're essentially doing is they're asking satan to heal their kid the bible calls satan the the prince of this air or the little g god of this world we forget that he has authority here on earth every christian want to say oh you know i claim authority over satan jesus has authority over satan jesus has given us authority here but we sit in the middle of this experiment uh, I call it the Job experiment. Who are we going to worship, God or Satan? And so I think in America, we believe that we believe there's a God. We just believe he's slow. And so we will rely on materialism or lately I've been seeing more and more of this manifestation, this yeah. believe it, achieve it. Hey, think it into being practice uh, these kinds of thoughts so that we can have this. And it's satanic. I mean, you just you have to know that 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 God has no part in there. there's no part 
of God in heaven cheering you on saying, yeah, just manifest it. You know, first Hezekiah chapter three. No, he, he's absolutely not saying that it's not in the Bible anywhere. Dang, pop off. <laughs> That's the thing. Saul does, uh, he goes to the witch of Endorf and that it's the same thing that the scripture warns us against this time and time again, you cannot be following Christ and be practicing manifestation. Right. And I also think in some sense, it's, it's just trying to play God. It's like, screw you, God, you're too slow. You're not giving me what I want. So I'm just going to create it myself. And I don't think that that's going to get anywhere in the long run. It's not going to be beneficial in the long run. You might get what you want, but in the end, it's going to be deceiving and fool's gold. And it'll rob you of life in the end when it, it promises life, but it, in the end, it really doesn't. It robs you of joy in life. Yeah, it reminds me of a story. Once there was an angel in heaven that was the most beautiful angels, the scripture tells us, and it says it, they, his name was Lucifer or um, angel of light, and he said, I don't want to worship you as God. I want to be God. Mm. And so God sends them to the earth. And then his first interaction with humans, he says, Hey, if you eat this, it will make you like God. You'll be able to manifest the things you want. And this is always the lie of Satan. So manifestation is just the new fruit in the garden, if you will. It's what the enemy's tempting us with. Dang, that's good. Wow. And I know for all of these we could go deeper and deeper. Like these could all be separate podcasts, but we're just, (laughs) so we're going to fly. We're going to fly. Okay. Next one is smoking. Weed makes me feel closer to God because it opens my mind. I have genuinely heard this before from a guy that I know, and I strongly disagree, but this was his argument. Yeah, man. If I was there, what I would tell that young man is to say, you don't know God. It's probably making you closer to something. Uh, but if you if you think sin makes you closer to God, then I'm going to assume the God that you're moving closer to is not God at all. And he says, well, how do you know smoking weed is a sin? It says, well, the, the scripture says that I'm to be of a sober mind, that I'm to set my mind on the things above. Uh, it says that I'm to not get drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, you can have a, a, a beer. How come you think it's right for a Christian to have a beer? I would say, well, it depends on the environment right? I don't think it's a sin to consume alcohol. I think it's a sin to get drunk. And and so he may say, well, then it's not a sin for me to smoke a bowl or for me to hit a joint or for me to vape THC. And I would say THC operates different than alcohol, that uh, it doesn't need to build up in your system for you to not be sober-minded. One hit of a joint can affect your mind. It, it affects your brain cells. This is science, right? Now I'm leaving the scripture and going to science, which is God's science. And so Man, you you talked about Friday Q&A earlier. People get so mad when you start jacking with their idols. Mm. And so, like, I mean, when I start talking about smoking weed being a sin, I get so many like, wait, hold on. But what about and, and, and like they'll go, what if I have a prescription? And I'm like, listen, if you're doc- like if you have a legitimate doctor who has said, hey, this is uh, medicine. Like, here's what you need to know about me. I'm not a doctor. I'm a pastor, right? <laughs> and so I teach the Bible. And so I'm not trying to give you medical advice here, but I will tell you that if you are recreationally smoking weed, it is a sin in every single circumstance because it, you're not sober. Mm. And the scripture calls you to sobriety. And so that's the, and so if a guy's like, well, not being sober makes me feel closer to God. I'm like, you, you cannot sin and pursue Jesus at the same time. That's an impossibility. Like we can't pursue Jesus 
through our sin. So what you're feeling closer to Satan who masquerades like an angel of light might make you feel like you're moving closer to God because he wants you to continue to get high and do nothing. He wants you to continue to get high and drift away from God. And so that, that might be what's happening. Wow. No, that's so good. And and I think something too, that I've noticed is just checking the motives with honestly, like anything that we do, but a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just my escape. It's, this is how I fall asleep. And I understand there's like legitimate, you know, problems that people are trying to solve, but it's just kind of like, is that really the best method? And I know everyone has their own addictions. Everyone has, I mean, for some people it's scrolling on TikTok for five hours. That's their escape, you know? So I think it's just checking the motives behind why are we doing what we're doing? But the hard thing is no one wants to check the motives. No one wants to get to the root. No one wants to address the hard part of why am I doing what I'm doing? And that's the hard, dirty work, but not many people are willing to do it. That's, that's, that's big facts for sure. Like we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it to go back to the manifestation question. We want to be God. We don't want to worship God. So yeah. Right. And that leads me to the next one actually. So do whatever makes you happy. It makes me happy. So it must be good, right? You know, if smoking weed makes me happy and manifestation makes me happy, why can't I do it? This one's definitely going to be PG 13. Is that okay? Please bring it on. <laughs> you can edit it out if you disapprove. But I would just say, like, we do think that way. We think, well, especially in terms of relationships, like, well, he makes me happy or she makes me happy. So it must be God's will. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it, or, or even in terms of sex, like people want to, if it feels good, it must be fine. Right. It must like God must be OK with it. And I'm like, but you if we were just ultimately seeking pleasure, uh, a, a buddy, I have a friend who says, you know, a reason not to have sex outside of marriage, because on an erotic scale of one to ten, it, it's a it's a twelve. And so all you know, Christians who have saved themselves feel like, oh, well, gosh, then I'm missing out on something. And and I would say, but the goal is not to experience as much pleasure as you possibly can, because you know what sex also feels like a 12 is sex with your neighbor's spouse. You know, sex with your neighbor's husband because your your autonomic nervous system kicks in overdrive. Your pupils dilate. Your five senses are heightened. Uh, you experience more pleasure. But we all know that that's wrong. And you know what also has to be crazy pleasurable? Crystal meth. Mm. Like crystal meth must be awesome because people give their life to it. Like they try it and then they can't stop trying it and then it kills them. So it must be amazing. And, and really make someone happy until it steals all of their happiness. And so there has to be some long-term pursuit of joy, some, some sustainable happiness. And it's so important that, that me and you and your listeners understand that we were not made for this world. And so there's a, there's a limit to the joy that we experience here until, you know, First Corinthians 13 says, until one day we will fully know. Right. Until we experience the fullness of God in his presence right now, we can only experience commercials of him. Uh, we can't watch the whole movie. We're just seeing little commercials, a, a, a walk in a park with a sun setting and, and a breeze and birds chirping. And we just feel like all is right in the world. That's just a commercial of heaven. Mm. The, the greatest peace that you can ever feel feel on this earth is just a commercial of heaven. And what if it's not about how happy you can be, but how holy you can be. Right. And what if the pursuit of holiness means you go without things that make you temporarily happy? Like if it was really, you know, 
like ecstasy. Ecstasy bleeds your brain of serotonin. It, I'm talking about Molly now. It, it uh, MDMA. It bleeds your brain of serotonin in a moment. So, so when you pop that tab, you're gonna feel extremely happy. <laughs> But then your brain, your brain is depleted of serotonin. So the next day or for the next week, you feel really, really sad. And that's a metaphor for what I think a lot of times happens when we pursue happiness here on earth is we experience the hangover of depression and even despair. And that's why we're seeing the highest anxiety rates we've ever seen, the highest depression rates we've ever seen, and the highest suicide rates that we've ever seen because people are pursuing happiness and it's making them really, really sad. Mm, wow. I've been challenged in the sense too of even just the name of my podcast, you know, it's called happy and healthy. And while I want people to be happy, it is not the end all be all because it is fleeting. You know, that's what this culture is doing is just chasing whatever makes me happy. And it just reminds me of the Bible verse that, you know, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And there's so yeah. many things that, yeah, it's permissible to sleep around or to take Coke or I honestly, I've never done Coke, so I don't even know how you take it. Take Coke, yeah. snort Coke, whatever you do. And okay. Thank you. <laughs> never done it. So I don't, I couldn't tell you. Pastor expert on Coke. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, like that might make you happy temporarily, but you know, it, Later on down the road, like you said, I like the word hangover. There's so many different hangovers, moral hangovers down the road that it comes back and bites you in the butt. And I like yeah. that you said, let's chase holiness over happiness. And I'm like, man, should I change the name of my podcast? No, but it's no, true. and you shouldn't because because it, I want Christians to be happy mm -hmm. and healthy. Uh, it, just like you said, I just I want them to find health and happiness in the right things like it like healthy is an easy one to pick on because it's like i want you to eat well and to exercise i don't want you to be obsessed with exercise and and never being able to enjoy a cookie right and so there's a there's a kind of pursuit of happiness that makes us a slave and we want to find happiness in the right things and i think that question you know that you asked that people are saying is well if if it makes me happy, it must be the right thing. And right. It, it won't, it's not because it won't ultimately leave you happy. And that's how you can know it's the wrong thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's exactly like what the goal has been for my podcast is I want people to be happy and healthy in all aspects of life, but the foundation has to be God. Like in everything that I talk about, you know, fitness, mental health, dating, like I want you to be happy and thrive, but the foundation, it just, it just has to be Christ. And that is why I, I love this podcast is because I'm like, I'm not here to tell you I'm perfect and I have it all together. And any of my guests do like, we're just trying to be, you know, a guide for you in this crazy thing called life. Um, so yeah. Yeah, thanks for even saying that. The next one is I see this again all the time on TikTok is, the best thing you can do is just invest in yourself. Just focus on you. That's the healthiest thing you do is me, 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 me. Man, you, you know me well enough to know this is, a, I'm, I'm totally triggered right now. Okay. <laughs> Your face showed it all. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning on this. It, it is like, I want to be careful because I don't, I want to speak precisely. I don't want to overstate. There's an aspect of the self-care movement that is satanic because the enemy Satan doesn't need you to worship him. He's completely okay with you worshiping you. The opposite of worshiping God 
is not worshiping Satan. The opposite of worshiping God is worshiping self. That's what Satan did. Satan didn't want to worship God. He wanted to be worshiped. And there's an aspect of our lives here on earth that we want to be worshiped. And I would just ask your listeners and viewers, you, how many of you know your great, great grandmother? So not your grandmother and not your great, great grandmother, but your great, great grandmother. Okay. And I've asked stadiums that, I mean, tens of thousands of people and there may be like one or two or three hands go up. And I don't even always trust that, but maybe somebody did a, a school project and they would be able to say, oh, my great, great grandmother was, and they'd know her name and what she did or her favorite color. But most of the time we don't know anything about her. And the truth is she was alive 50 years ago, five, zero years ago, she was alive. You can do the math later. But most likely, somewhere around 50 years ago, she lived. And now her close family doesn't even remember her name. And what that means is 50 years after you're dead, you are forgotten. So you had to live for something beyond yourself. Like you want to make investments in eternity. You're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you're alive. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 that we can make these investments in his kingdom, that we can actually participate in building his kingdom. And so if there's a hell and if there's a heaven and you're going to be in one of those two places forever, how I want to live for that eternity, not for my little 76 years here on earth. So it's not about me. The truth is, last thing I'll say is, you know, I had a, a kind of a crazy experience. I had the opportunity to be in a movie. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Flex. I have a I celebrity on you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no big deal. Don't treat me different. But, uh, I, I was on the screen, like we went to see the movie in the theaters, and I was on the screen for about 15 seconds, okay? Yes, 15 <laughs> seconds, like two lines. If I left and I went and told everybody, hey, you got to go see this movie, it's about me. I'm the star of this movie. You're going to go see it, and you're going to think I'm crazy, like I've lost my mind. You're like, oh, I think I saw you. Oh, were you that guy in prison? You were there 15 seconds? And that's how we treat this life. We're like, oh, this life is about me. It's about me. I'm the star. And I'm just telling you, one day we're going to wake up from that nightmare and realize like, oh, we had this tiny little cameo and Jesus was the star. It was all about Jesus. We were on the screen for 15 seconds. Wow. That is an amazing way to put it, for real. I... I've even noticed in my own life that the more that I focus on myself, the more anxious and depressed that I, I get because everything is just my problems, my life, my dating, my money, my blah, 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 blah. And I always tell people like the more you focus on yourself, your mountains grow bigger and bigger and bigger and other people's grow smaller and smaller and smaller when like other people have big mountains too, that you could help them with if they're struggling with you know their parents or finances or whatever and you just you just don't care because all you can see is your problems and they grow bigger and bigger and bigger and you don't even care you have like no empathy anymore for anyone else because all you've done is just completely like only satisfy yourself and I know that was a really big wrestle for me until I had some friends like harshly but lovingly call me out on it and I've noticed it is so true when all we do is focus on you know our bodies and how we look and the more anxious and depressed we get and it's pretty sad that's a correlation I had the opportunity the the terrible privilege like I said to counsel dozens of people in depression and I would tell you I've never 
counseled anyone in depression where the, at the foundation was not some flavor of narcissism. Mm. I want to be careful. I'm not saying that all depression is born out of narcissism. I'm just saying that my experience, uh, it just happens to be the people that I've met with and counseled in this, the foundation of their depression was a heightened view of self. And one time I was counseling these two guys separately. One was, you know, one was depressed because uh, he was in the hospital and he didn't have anyone like no one would come to see him. And the other one was depressed, I would say, because again, he was just so focused on himself and, and didn't know what to do and whatnot. And I just said, Hey, would you do me a favor? And, and he was like, yeah. And I'd been meeting with him and investing in him. And I said, are you sure? Like, what are you doing this afternoon? He's like, well, nothing like that's part of the problem. You know, I don't have anything to do. I don't have any friends and me, me, me. And I just said, Hey, will you go visit this guy in the hospital? <laughs> And he was like, who is it? Like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like just, and I just connected them and I was like, Hey, and I would just have them like serve each other in a way. And it was when they got out beyond themselves and they started to care for other people, it was, it was so interesting to watch their mood raise and for them to have a reason to live and for them to uh, begin to serve others and, and experience joy. And like, it's that God made us that way. That's how God wired us. Yeah, no. And I think that depression is again, like a whole separate, you know, thing. And we're not trying to just be flipping about that. And I, I, you know, you even said, I want to be careful because there are real medical things with that. But I do think, you know, ultimately just talking about serving people, um, it really is so much more fulfilling. Like that's why I feel fulfilled in my job and in my life is because I'm doing that. And so, and I think you are too. You see how the, the difference and impact it makes when you genuinely help people eternally, not just in small ways, but eternally as well. And that really does make me just feel like, uh, like I have a purpose, you know, and I love that. The next one is, and we'll probably, I might even just cut some of these out, but there's, there's definitely two in here that I definitely want to address. This next one is, and I see this again all the time. It's mainly TikTok that's been pushing these. Anyone, TikTok theology, man. Be careful, I'm guys. I'm telling you. I just did a podcast with JD, actually, about Christian TikTok, and we were like, be careful. Um, so the next one is, anyone who is toxic, just let them go. We don't have room for negativity. We don't have room for toxic people. Screw them if they're toxic. It's basically just canceling anyone in your life that has any sort of, you know, maybe they call you out on something or maybe they're a little bit more needy or whatever. You get it. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, sometimes I'm going I'm to start with a really pretty thick theological question. People will say, why doesn't God do away with evil? And the truth is, when we say, why doesn't God do away with evil? We, we want to draw a line just past himself and say, we want him to do away with all that evil. So I like, you know, if I was like murderers and like, yeah, rapists, yeah, do away with those. And like, and people who look at porn, uh, you know, or, or anyone who's ever been drunk, ah, maybe not them, you know, or someone who's cursed. Ah, no, no, not those, not that evil. And so we always want God to, to do away with other, some other kind of evil. And I start there because I think when we talk about cutting toxic people out of our life, it depends on what you mean by toxic, but there may not be anyone left. Because if what you mean by toxic is people who struggle, um, people who at times do hurtful things. So this is why we have to define these terms. Is it helpful to have boundaries with people who are consistently hurtful? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's someone who sins against you, and you go and you tell them in private that they, they've sinned against you and they don't listen and then you take someone else with you and they still don't listen and you talk to their church and they still don't listen, then, then you don't have to maintain a relationship with that person. 
But Scripture gives us that process in Matthew chapter 18, 15 through 17. That's where we see this, this process of how to handle someone who has acted toxic toward us. And at the end of that process, if they have not um, repented of, of the hurt that they've caused, then we, we can redefine the relationship. We can create boundaries. But in that same chapter in Matthew 18, Jesus says that we're to forgive not just seven times, but 70 times, seven times. And he's not just saying forgive 490 times. He's saying, I want you to continue to forgive someone. Now, that doesn't mean to maintain the same relationship. Mm. You, we only restore the relationship if they're repentant. If they hurt you and they don't care that they hurt you, you can redefine that relationship. But you can't go through life just cutting people out that have hurt you. That's why the scripture is so kind to us and it gives us a process. Because if we cut out people in our lives who hurt us, you everyone would cut you out of yeah. our life or out of, you know out of their life because all of us are capable of different kinds of hurts uh, when we're not walking by the spirit, maybe we didn't sleep well. And so I'm saying hurts. I realize that when I say that word, people hear different things or they think different things. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not talking about grievous hurt. Uh, I'm talking about someone that's that said something that hurt your feelings. In the world today, uh, I think what I see in Generation Z is we want to call everything abuse. And why I think that is so dangerous is when people are actually abused, it dilutes their abuse. It makes less of their abuse. Mm. And so I'm not, we can't just say when someone hurts our feelings, they were verbally abusive, right? Uh, that That's not a right mindset because when someone actually is verbally abusive, you've diluted it because you, you brought in, you know, someone calling you a silly name or something and you said, hey, that caused trauma and now I've, I've been verbally abused by them. That's really dangerous waters I'm swimming in. Because people are like, oh, he just made light of my abuse. Like, no, I didn't. But there is something happening in a generation that we need to pay close attention to. This was written about in a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. And I commend it to people. And it's not my book. And it's not even Christian. It's not even a Christian book. But they talk about these trends that we're seeing in generation where, where we're actually hurting ourselves with these mindsets. Mm. And so you can't just cut people out that you think are toxic. And when someone is consistently harmful towards you, you should certainly create boundaries. Uh, when someone is consistently hurtful, I should say, towards you, you should create boundaries. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. That is so good. And I've even read the book um, Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. That is a book. Yeah, I'm sure you've read it. I recommend it. That That's a book I always recommend to people. And I mean, I like that you even said, you know, the fact of like, hey, we're toxic too. Like we're always so quick to point fingers, but also like imagine if God had that heart posture, we we're all toxic. We would all be canceled. We would all be cut out from God. And we were, you know, and that's why we needed a savior because we were cut out. And so, um, yeah, I like that. I think everyone's just so quick to just be like done with you. Bye, bye, bye. Canceled. And then again, you end up being alone and isolated and self-consumed. There's another one that I think that you would probably be pretty passionate about because you do talk about dating quite a bit. This one is about the partner, and you talked about this. You said earlier, this person makes me happy, so they must be good for me. But what happens when the person doesn't make you happy any longer? So you're just like, well, they didn't make me happy, so we got a divorce. They didn't make me happy, so I just broke up. What do you say to someone that thinks that? You can do that, but you are just going to a class called Divorce 101, right? 
and so I'm extremely passionate about this. Um, the way that we date today in 2022 uh, or the 21st century sets us up for failure in marriage. And it's why marriages, people are getting married later. Marriages aren't lasting and we're getting married less and less and less and less because we're training wrong. And so we date and I'm not anti-date. I'm so pro-dating. I wrote mm -hmm. a book about it. I'm way pro-dating, but it all depends on how you date. And when we jump in a relationship until we just don't feel something and then we jump out, what, what makes us think when we get into that marriage that those feelings aren't going to fade, uh, that, that that's not going to go away. And, and I'm just telling you in marriage in that long season, like, let's just say you get married when you're 30 and, and you stay married until you die at 75. So that's 45 years. In those 45 years of life, you're going to experience so many feelings or a lack of feelings as you have children and bodies change and uh, you you uh, go through a miscarriage or, or a prodigal child or um, you know, something, your house burns down, something terrible happens. As you move through the human narrative, you're going to experience and feel so many things that if if that relationship is so vulnerable that it's like, hey, as soon as I don't feel this towards you, I'm getting I'm out. Uh, that's going to leave you in a really despairing place. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about being happy. I mean, you're not going to be able to find happiness in the midst of that. And so I think we shouldn't date based on how we feel so much. I'm not saying that it doesn't have a place. It's just not first place. And so I, I like this, and I don't, I don't know that you've ever heard me say this. It's kind of something newer. But if you take a hand, right, and so I'm holding up my hand, and you, you think about your thumb. You have opposable thumbs. That, that means that in that relationship, you want to make sure that they're complementary, like they have gifts that you don't have and you have gifts that they don't have. And that may mean that you don't feel certain kinds of things, but that you help each other, you're helpful toward one another. Uh, if you take your pointer finger, that's like a that's where you point directions. So you want to make sure you're going the same direction. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a pastor. So I would say second Corinthians six fourteen. do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You want to make sure you have the same God and you're pursuing him in the, in a similar ways, this middle finger, I'm not going to hold it up by itself, but the middle, <laughs> finger, it, it, it is, it's a finger that we use to communicate something really drastic with, yeah, you know, very strong. something really loudly, if you will, something strong. And so that's your communication. You want to make sure that we can communicate, uh, this ring finger, that's that's the where we put an engagement ring, that's commitment. We want to make sure that we're committed to one another, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. And then this pinky finger, like it's it's important. Like I don't want to go through life without it, but if I have to cut one off, <laughs> you know, not that I would, yeah. but if I did, I'm gonna go ahead and lose the pinky. This is this is the the stuff that we're talking about. This is well, what do I feel? Again, it's it's important, it should be there. You you should feel things. But it's not first place. It has a place, but it's not first place. And so that's what I would say to that wow. person that, that's thinking about relationships in that way. Wow, that was really cool. I like that little hand analogy. That's a new one for me. I like that one. And I think that Steal also, it. you know, it could kind of talk about the toxicity as well as abuse. There's differences between they're not making you happy and they're actually genuinely abusing you or being genuinely toxic. There's differences and that's a different podcast. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's just going into relationships looking 
how can this person make me happy instead of being, how can I go and bless this person? How can I go and refine this person and show them Christ? And I think everyone just comes in again, trying to be like, you know, like, bless me, bless me, make me feel better. And I just don't think that's the way that God intended relationships. I think it's meant to be sacrificial and laying your life down. And, you know, I think that's what culture teaches us in books is, wow, I mean, in movies, it's like, they make me so happy. And as soon as they don't, boom, I'm out. And I just, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's it. The last one I'm going to do on the list, and then the last thing, the last, last thing I'm going to do is a question from a follower. I have people submit questions. So the last one is, Um, maybe a little bit of prosperity gospel. If you follow God, your life will be so blessed. You'll be healthy, wealthy, sexy. (laughs) I don't know, but everyone kind of preaches like if you follow God, then you will be blessed. Yeah, you absolutely will be. That's, that is true. Just maybe not here on this earth. And so that, that's an important, I hope, I hope nobody cut it off right when I said you absolutely will be (laughs) because Jesus says in, in Luke 18, uh, Jesus is interacting with someone we call the rich young ruler. And he says, you know, sell everything you have, give it to the poor and follow me. And the man leaves sad because he was great wealth. It says, and Peter go, comes to Jesus and Peter says, we've done it. We left all we had and we followed you. And Jesus says, I, I tell you that, that no one who has left mother or father or sister or brother or anything for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this age and in the age to come. And so the truth is, when you follow God, you will be blessed. You will experience blessing. Uh, But you should never follow God to be blessed, because sometimes the blessing is incarceration, like Paul and Silas uh, or Peter. Uh, Sometimes the blessing is being crucified upside down, like Peter, uh, beheaded, like Paul. And so sometimes the blessing is Uh, incredible hardships so that we can proclaim the name of Jesus in the midst of the hardship and make much of his name. And so what we call blessings uh, may not be um, the way that the angels and God sees blessings here on earth. Earth, our life on earth is really, really short. Remember the great, great grandmother question. So we're here for just a a butt of vapor, James says. Mm -hmm. We're here for a really short time. And so we should follow God, and and often as we walk in faithfulness, we will experience blessings. In you know, in China, they did a study, and they realized that people who converted to Christianity, that drug use went down, uh, specifically opium use went down. But it says that they they grew wealthier, and they wow. were more successful in their careers. And it's not prosperity gospel. It just turns out that when you do less opium, you have more money, <laughs> right? And Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is not a fan of opium. And so when you become a Christ follower, you do less opium. And so there was just, there were these natural blessings that occur when you follow God, but we don't follow him for the purpose of receiving things in this life. We follow him because we receive him. We want to be closer to him. He is the blessing to know him and, and we get to make him known to others. And so I think that's the big problem is a lot of people become Christians, but they don't like Christ. Uh, They, they don't want God. They want his stuff. Yeah. And and it's yeah. like God is this like genie in the sky, this this rich sugar daddy that's just gonna bless them with with whatever they want. That's not Christianity. That is some other religion. Right. You you have right. to understand like Satan loves that, and so pursue God because at the end of it all, you get God. He is the blessing. Mm. Yeah. That. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I always say that following you shouldn't follow God to get blessings. I say. Getting blessings is a byproduct of following God. 
And, right. and I think, yeah, a lot of people are going to be very, very, very disappointed when they're listening to, you know, this trendy pastor that's like, follow God and you're going to be wealthy and blah, blah, blah. And then they, their mom dies or they lose their job or their boyfriend dumps them. And they're like, wait, what? Like, I thought that this faith and this religion was going to promise me happiness and joy and all these things. And why do I still feel like that? And I think that's just exactly what you're talking about is like, there's not a promise. There's not a guarantee. Yes. We have, you know, eternity with, with Christ and we do have more joy. It says that he comes to give us life and life more abundantly in John 10, 10, but that doesn't mean that doesn't come with trials and testings and tribulations and terrors like that. That's just the inevitability of it all. And that's not also, something I want to preach on this podcast. You know, he also says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. He says, remember when the world hates you, it hated me first. Mm. And so I think sometimes in those conversion stories, when we're sharing the gospel with somebody, like we need to include those verses like, hey, this is, he says, take up your cross and follow me like this. There's an aspect to following Christ in this fallen world that's hard and costly. And so just to make people soberly aware of that. Yeah, no, I think that's good. But overall, you know, I think something that you and I have found is that there is so much joy and peace and a hope and a solution to the problems and to pain and to when we don't know where to go. We know we always have Christ as a rock and a foundation and a, and a refuge and a safe place. And that is like why I cling to this truth. I just do. And so not trying Sweet. to, yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel. I'm just trying to preach the gospel. Thank you, JP, so much. That was the list. Um, the last thing I want to ask you really quickly is just from a follower. Her username is a little Texas, even though Texas is not little, but she says, if God is enough, then why do we need community? I know that's probably a big question to answer. Yeah. I mean, it was so God is enough. Why do we need food? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like if God is enough, why do we need oxygen? And so God wired us for relationships. And so in the very beginning, he, he creates man, he, he creates the world and he says it is good. He separates the sky uh, from, from the land, he's land from the water. It is good. He makes day and night, it is good. He makes plants, it is good. Animals, it is good. And then he makes a human, he says, it is good. And then it, there's this break in this rhythm. It says, it is not good. He said, it is not good for this person to be by themselves. Loneliness, isolation is not good. And that's the first thing we see in the scripture that is not good. It shows, right, it shows, up, uh, shows up right there at the beginning of Genesis. And so then uh, God you know, made us for the church. And I don't think we realize that, that Jesus is the head of the church and the church is actually the, the body that as we move throughout this earth and we meet needs and we care for people and we love others, that we are the body, the, the body of Christ, that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And the author of Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but continue to encourage each other all the more while you see the day approaching. And he says, don't forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, because 2,000 years ago, some were in the habit of not gathering in the context of community. And now 2,000 years later, there's still people in the habit of not gathering. And COVID, I know, made this really hard, but it's so important, especially for young women, to fight for community. A mutual friend of ours, I know, Jenny Allen, yeah, wrote a book on that. this, Find Your People. Uh, find your people. And, and I, mean, I would say, pick that book up and, yeah. and read it because she, she makes such a compelling case of why community is so important. And so because there's a God, so the, the question asker said, you know, if God is enough, why do we need community? 
because there's a God, then he gets to determine how you experience him. And he says that he wants you to experience him or you will best experience him in the context of community and the local church. Right. And so that's what God has told us. And so, you know, you're not going, it's kind of like if, Mm. if you say, well, I want to get in shape and somebody says, well, go to the gym. Right. And then, and then they, you, you go for a year and, and, and they're, you're like, man, I'm not getting in shape at all. Like nothing's changing about my body. In fact, I just get more and more out of shape. And they're like, well, have you got on the treadmill? And you're like, no. And have you done the bench press? No, no. What have you done in the gym? And like, well, I just, I just, the water fountain. He's like, oh no, you have to use the equipment. And they say, well, if I go to the gym, why do I have to use the equipment? You told me to go to the gym. It's like, because, because that's how the gym works. And so if you say, well, I want to, I want to know God. And God says, the best way for you to know me is in the context of relationships with other people. He's, there's about 16 Proverbs that say wisdom comes from the counsel of many. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have that wise counselor around us. We have to experience community, small group, home group, cell group, or maybe it's, it's your church. Maybe it's a smaller church, but that's so important in our experiencing of God. Man, you know what? I think that deserves this sound effect. That's my favorite sound effect. <laughs> JP, thank you. Oh my gosh. You were just so full of wisdom. And like, I literally, when I thought about this podcast, I was like, who do I want to bring on for this? And I instantly, I was like, JP, I just knew. And and honestly, like, I'm so thankful that everything you talk about, you back up with scripture. That is like why I respect you so much. It's not just like some opinion, like it's biblical what you're saying. And so I know these things can be controversial, but often I think people need to hear this, like who else is going to say it? And so I know it might be controversial. I know some people might be offended. They might be like, wow, that really hurt my feelings or screw you, Janine, screw you, JP. I don't know. Um, we just lovingly, but truthfully want to provide this as a tool and a guide and y'all share this. If it helped you share this with your friends, because we just really genuinely do want to help you guys and show you the truth. And I think the truth, not, I don't think I know the truth will set you free. That's biblical. Um, and so, yeah, JP, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for just who you thank are you, in this friend. generation. I'm so proud of you and, and to your listeners and viewers way to go for finding Janine. And it's been fun just to watch God continue to take ground in your heart and in your life and, and all the things. So thank you for the privilege it is uh, to be on. And I know you said I'm wise. And then I love what you said is, is that I share scripture. And so that's what, what I would commend to your listeners and viewers is memorize some scripture and, and you yeah. will sound wise too, because it's all God's wisdom. I'm just sharing God's wisdom. So, so fun to be on with you, friend. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you guys, you can check out his books. You have three books. You also have a podcast called Becoming Something and your Instagram where you do your fun little Friday Q&As. Um, so his information will be down below if you guys want to check that out. Um, JP, thank you again. I'm sure I'll see you around somewhere soon. And you're a blessing to this generation. And we'll chat soon. All right. Likewise. See you. Bye. All right, you guys, that was today's episode with JP. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. I know that JP tends to have hot takes or maybe say some things that some people just simply don't agree with, and I understand, but you know what? I just feel like in today's day and age, it's really hard to find truth, and I just believe that JP is someone that really likes to stand 
for truth and stand for the word of, word of God. And that's kind of what I look for, you know, and he's just been a great, you know, friend of mine and a leader and someone I look up to. And he also has a podcast as well called becoming something. So you guys can check that out. But I know that maybe there's some things he said that you're like, wait, what did he just say that? Um, but I like that he's very like counter culture. He's not just going to conform and he's not going to just tell you what your itching ears want to hear. Like he lovingly will tell you the truth. And so I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts. Um, definitely share them on the happy and healthy Instagram or in my DMS. Um, you can also reach out to JP as well. His Instagram will be down below. Um, and you can check out his podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I just feel like he's an amazing voice for this generation and someone that really helped me find my way when I was like, what is true and what's not true that was JP. So thank you guys for listening. If you guys don't know, we also post these on YouTube. So you guys can watch this interview as well. If you would like to, we post these every Tuesday on anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. So you guys can subscribe. If you feel so inclined, we do accept monthly donations. It is not required. This podcast is free to listen to, but if you want to sow seed, the link is always down below. And I so, so, so appreciate it. And I will catch you guys again next week for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Stay tuned. And thank you guys for listening. I love y'all. I love this podcast. It's been such a blessing. And I will catch you guys next week. Stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys.